Today's episode is brought to you by InsanelyDogs.com. InsanelyDogs.com is your go-to source for canine products. From puppy training products to cute clothing accessories, InsanelyDogs.com provides a unique shopping experience for dog owners with specialty items you can't find in stores. From self-feeders to toys, you will find it all at prices well below those at other retailers. Shop now at www.insanelydogs.com. They ship worldwide and standard shipping is free on most products. If you are insane for your canine, shop today. Hello, and welcome to Season 5, Episode 15 of Unsolved Mysteries of the World, and our update on one of the most famous unsolved cases we have done. Before we begin, our apologies on the tardiness of this episode. We encountered a catastrophic hard drive failure, and all of our recorded podcasts and materials were destroyed. We will be starting our new season very shortly, and we thank you for your patience. In Season 2, Episode 4, we brought you the mystery that surrounded the disappearance of Brandon Lawson. Brandon Lawson went missing shortly after he made one of the most cryptic 911 calls ever placed. No one has been able to interpret the 911 call fully, and today it remains a mysterious puzzle in this tragic case. Brandon Lawson has never been seen or heard from since. And today, his case remains a mystery, with many speculating what actually happened that fateful night. But new information has come forward to help put the pieces to this mystery into perspective. For those unfamiliar with the disappearance, we urge you to go back to Season 2, Episode 4, to fully understand the circumstances about this case. In brief, Brandon Lawson was a 26-year-old man from San Angelo, Texas, He was an oil field worker and a father of four children, and he also had a common-law wife named Ladessa Lofton. He is described as being 5 foot 9 inches tall and weighing approximately 230 pounds. He was a Caucasian male with brown hair and blue eyes. Lawson has multiple tattoos on his arms and has a scar on his chin and left knee. At the time of his disappearance, Lawson was wearing a yellow shirt, camouflage print shorts, and white 2013 Air Max shoes. The last time anyone had seen Brandon was on August 8, 2013 in San Angelo, Texas. He and his longtime girlfriend got into an argument which led to Brandon leaving the home at around 11.54 p.m. with the intentions of going to his father's residence. Approximately 45 minutes later, Brandon called his brother Kyle to tell him that he had run out of gas. What is known is that following his phone call to his brother Kyle, something mysterious happened and Brandon phoned 911 and advised the dispatcher that he was in a field and needed help and that he needed police. Let us take a listen to that 911 call one more time. 9 and 38 seconds. 911 emergency. Yes, I'm in the middle of the field. The type we're just pushing guys over. Right here going towards Gasoline on both sides. 
my truck ran out of gas. There's one car here, and I take it to the woods. Please hurry. Okay, now, run that by me. Why were not talking to him? I saw you ran into him. Ah, you ran into him. Okay. Got the first guy. Do you need an ambulance? Yeah. No, I need the cops. Okay. Is anybody hurt? Hello? Thousands of online sleuths, reporters, true crime fans, and unsolved mystery podcasts have covered the disappearance of Brandon Lawson. Chief Deputy Brandon Neal explained the case is colder than cold. In fact, he says the Brandon Lawson case is dead, and there are no new leads, and none have come in. As a result, they maintain that they believe Brandon Lawson planned his disappearance and had run off with another woman with the aid of his brother Kyle. But new information has come forward from Brandon's brother Kyle and his wife Ladessa to suggest that the circumstances surrounding this case and the 911 call do not necessarily offer anything quite as extraordinary as we had come to believe. Kyle explains that his brother Brandon had passed a drug test at his place of employment and decided to celebrate by scoring some drugs and getting high. Kyle says he knew Brandon had occasionally done meth, and just before his disappearance, he had requested that Kyle help him get some. Kyle said he does not speculate that his brother was high that fateful night of his disappearance. He knows he was high because he helped Brandon find a dealer to get the drugs. And Ladessa, she backs up this story by indicating that the argument they had that evening was because Brandon had relapsed into doing drugs and was high and tripping out at her house. It is now known that both Kyle and Ladessa decided not to reveal this information early in the investigation because they wanted police and the public to search for Brandon as a father, not as a drug addict. They also were protecting their own families as they had small children in the home with drugs being consumed. According to a phone call he had with his father around 11.30 that night, Brandon was headed to his parents' house in Crowley, Texas, about three hours away. It was just past 12.30 a.m. when he called his brother Kyle Lawson, who was also living in San Angelo, asking for help because he had run out of gas. He said, three assholes are chasing me out of town. And then he explained, it was the Mexicans in the neighborhood. Kyle asked if he was tripping, if it was the drugs causing him to hallucinate, but Brandon said he wasn't freaking out. Brandon maintained that the Mexicans chasing him were hired by Ladessa. He was worried about his belongings with Ladessa and asked Kyle to check on his property. New information is also made available in regards to these calls placed to and from Brandon's phone. At 12.50, Brandon calls 911. At 12.51, Kyle calls Brandon and leaves a voicemail. At 12.51, Brandon calls Lofton, but she doesn't answer. After their fight and lacking a wall charger, she had taken her phone to her car to charge. At 12.52, Kyle's wife calls Brandon and then called again. 12.54, Kyle calls Brandon. At 12.57, Brandon calls his neighbor. 
At 12.58, Brandon calls Kyle and he tries calling again. At 12.58, the neighbor calls back three times, doesn't get an answer. At 12.59, Kyle calls Brandon. At 1.04, the dispatcher at the nursing facility was calling Brandon back, trying to get more information about his location and what was wrong. She leaves a voicemail for him and tries calling one more time. At 1.09, Brandon calls Kyle three times. At 1.12, Kyle calls Brandon three times. At 1.15, Brandon calls Kyle twice, the last calls he made from his phone. At 1.19, all calls made to his phone begin going straight to voicemail. Three days later, a small search party was organized to help find Brandon. The only sign of anyone being in that area was a spot under a tree where it appeared someone sat down close to the roadway within eyesight of where Lawson's pickup broke down, Deputy Neal wrote in his report. It was determined that Lawson was not on the ground due to the fact that there was a lot of exposure to the short mesquite and cedar brushes, Deputy Neal states. His report is concluded with his opinion that Brandon Lawson is not in Coke County, lost or hiding. The opinion is based on Kyle's revelation that Brandon was hiding in the brush near his pickup to avoid being discovered by Deputy Neal, not seeing any indication of foul play in or around the pickup, and the text messages between Brandon and Ledessa Lofton detailing the severity of their fight that night. His belief, he reported, is that after he and Kyle left the pickup, Lawson walked back to the roadway and was able to get a ride from a passing motorist. Several other searches, including a helicopter and plane search, revealed nothing. If someone wants to be gone, they can, Neil said, adding Brandon had an active warrant, which could be a contributing factor for why he's gone. In addition to the warrant, those who have followed the case also point to the fact that Brandon cashed in his 401k with Renegade Oil Services just before he went missing. Brandon's father, Brad Lawson, goes back and forth on what he thinks happened to his son. Sometimes he tries to be realistic, saying he accepts the chances of Brandon being alive are very slim. Other times he admits to nightmares, like seeing Brandon being forced into slave labor for the cartels. The Lawson family also wonders whether someone was actually following him that night, whether he stumbled on someone's land and never left or whether his death was a crime of opportunity for someone just passing by. Brad doesn't believe his son deserted his family. Something happened that night, he says, and it wasn't him meeting a girl and driving off somewhere. Brandon had already done some state jail time, and Brandon wasn't afraid to take punishment that was dealt to him, he says. Brandon had a whole new job he was going to start on that Monday, with more money and more benefits. Beyond not being able to find Brandon's body, Kyle doesn't understand how all traces of his brother simply vanished. For a person to have a wallet, keys, and full keychain, socks, shoes, shirt, a wallet full of cards and money and ID, his cell phone, a cell phone case, all of that stuff, and not one single thing has ever been found out there. I just don't understand it, he says. The family believes that law enforcement have the wrong theory and believe that Brandon's body could still be out there as he may have overdosed or succumbed to the harsh elements noted in that area. 
As a result, they have hired a private investigator to help find Brandon. Several landowners refuse to let searchers on their land, but law enforcement state they have cleared large areas that were previously unsearched. Brandon, nor any items related to him, have ever been found. The leading theory is now that Brandon was very high and was tripping out on a large dose of drugs, causing him to hallucinate and imagine things that just were not real. In this altered state, one could easily lose control of reality and run off into the harsh environment or injure themselves through accident. Scent dogs who have searched the area stop at the bridge that crosses over the Colorado River, and it is speculated that perhaps Brandon jumped into the river or fell in and was carried away by the current. Skeptics argue that this particular part of Texas was in an extreme drought. It is still very dry and the rivers can be very low. None of his personal belongings nor his body have ever been recovered downstream. To date, even with all this new information, this is still an unsolved mystery. Anyone with information about Brandon Lawson's disappearance can call the Cope County Sheriff's Office at 325-453-2717 or the family's private investigator, Paula Boudreau, at 214-926-0048. Remember to visit our show sponsor, InsanelyDogs.com, where you will find a massive catalog of products totally devoted to your dog's lifestyle. Again, that is www.insanelydogs.com.